Welcome to this week's episode of Football Neophytes Podcast. We are live in Phoenix, the three neophytes together at last. Before we talk about anything else, we're going to talk Nuno out. <laughs> we're going to do our prediction review. We're going to talk about some of our favorites from the year. We're going to celebrate a Lock It In winner. And Kyle, of course, will reveal his team. Gentlemen, we're live and in person. Yo, so good to be here. It is. Chris, um, we just streamed seven games live from Chris's house. So we have no idea why regularly during our <laughs> podcast recordings, he freezes. But seven matches we were watching. There's no telling. It's like... Uh... My computer hears me talking about United, and even my own computer wants me to stop talking about United. So. True, true. That's been that's helped me like transition to new topics multiple times <laughs> through the season. I'm a I'm a little nervous, Nate. How do you feel? I mean, I know Wolves are already out. Um, how are you feeling about Kyle's decision, though? I'm I'm like oh. I'm kind of on the edge of my seat right now. I'm excited. I, in some ways, I feel like there's a clear choice, but. Who knows? Kyle's his own man, so I'm his own man. I'm my, I am my own man. <laughs> you are his own man. <laughs> I can't talk, but I'm my own man. That's true. And I would say nobody's out. Mm. It, I wouldn't. Are put you it doing it? Are you doing a Chris where you decide like last minute? I wouldn't put it beyond myself to have a mystery team. Mm. So we'll see. Oh, mystery team, dude! That would. <laughs> I'm. I'm all in. Well, I'm that all would in for whatever happens by the end of this podcast. It could be hard to get like guests in the future for like future seasons. <laughs> we're like, listen, yes, come on, you're part of the top four. Oh, but our guests can all or our like yeah. newbie can always change their mind. But that's okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that I put Man U in my top four just to rank them twentieth. <laughs> like, we'll see. That's awesome. Well, speaking of broken hearts, my heart was broken Friday morning. Wolves announced that they have a new uh, kit production company, Castor. It's really exciting. They've been making uh, Rangers kits in the Scottish Premier League. They're an up-and-coming uh, clothing brand. They come out with this sweet like video announcing it with these great-looking black training tops. Um there's an interview with like this guy at Wolves and for about 30 minutes, all Wolves fans were just on cloud nine about these new kits. There's a ton of like extra revenue that Wolves are going to get from it. They're going to remain cheaper. There's just a lot of like things that they've worked out in this deal. That's really exciting. They should be unique. You know, Adidas uses these, essentially mm -hmm. they're using templates yeah and so you're getting a, just a different variation of the same template so there should be some uniqueness to the kit so a lot of excitement which for me i woke up i think at five friday morning and was reading and watching some videos about that and then within 30 minutes nuno is out at wolves and so uh, obviously we want to get to the end of the week and what everyone's here for but with me being a Wolves fan. And it was pretty shocking news. Like, as I just watched Twitter, like I had people messaging me, like, was there any hint of this from Wolves fans? And really yeah. there was no, there was no hint. Um, it was weird because we talked about the possibility, yeah. right? Like, we talked about like, could it happen? Yeah. 
And it seemed like a consensus from you and from even other Wolves fans online was like, <clears throat> no, it, it, it wouldn't happen. Like, he's meant so much to the club. He's done so much for the club. Um, yeah. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, it really did. Apparently, as more articles have kind of, and more has been done, there was, it was, po- they considered sacking him after he lost to West Brom. <laughs> so back in January wow. was like the first time I think they considered it. Um, but they held on this long and here's just in summation, I'll give kind of my just couple minute, like final thoughts on it. First, Nuno's one of the reason I chose wolves. So like genuinely sad, like genuinely sad. I was watching videos this morning. I think I texted you guys. I'm like, yeah. dude, you guys might see me cry on Saturday. I tweeted out this morning. I've had like, I've supported teams with Epic managers yeah. over the years and I've never been sadder than this one. Wow. Um, so I'm genuinely sad that Nuno's gone. However, I think it was the right choice at the perfect time, the right choice, because it's clear that they're not the same team and Nuno's probably to blame. So I have a hard time removing emotion from like my team decisions, but if I do remove that, um, I think it was the right decision. And the perfect time because they get to send Nuno out like as a legend. If he started the year, like yeah. first five matches, we get like three points out of the first five matches. They're probably going to sack him. And then people are going to be pissed. We're in a relegation battle. Look what Nuno did. He, he, he lost the plot over like two years ago and hasn't been able to regain it. Cause we were bad after the restart last year too. So that's the thing. It's not just this year, but also mm. at the end of last year, we could have battled for top four, like coming out of the restart, we were in really great position. And so, um, right timing, he gets to leave a legend. There were thousands of people out at the stadium today with Jake singing songs about him. And so he goes out a legend. And I think for all of those reasons, it was the right decision, right time. So, yeah, it was cool to see him honored in the stands by the supporters with signs, singing songs about him. Because I think, you know, when you have a manager that takes you out of uh, the championship in the Premier League, makes you relevant in the Premier League for a few years, I'm glad to see him get honored. For and sure. They feel like someone else can take them the next step. I hope they can, but um, it was cool to see him honored in that way. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll probably talk about it at some point during the summer, but I mean, huge summer for Wolves. There's going to be a number of players that are probably leaving. They've got to get it right. I mean, if they don't get it right this summer uh, and spend risky. money and get the right manager, I mean, I it it won't be surprising if they're in a relegation battle next season. So there's three kind of top options on the table. There's a guy, Bruno Lage, Lage. There's two Portuguese and a Spanish manager that are kind of out there. So which of the Portuguese managers are they going to bring in? So, yeah, well... So Bruno Lages, he was with Benefica. He does, I don't know much about him, but he doesn't have like good win percentage as hmm. the clubs use that. So that one is weird to me. There's a guy, Sergio Concecao or Concecao, who's with Porto. And he's like, Porto's been a top team. He's young. He's got a great, interesting attacking style. That's kind of my top pick. And then a guy named Rafa Benitez who I don't remember if he was still with Newcastle during our first season, but he used to, he's coached at Newcastle. He's coached at Chelsea. He's been at Liverpool, Inter Milan, Napoli. So 
there's a lot of fans who like him because he understands the Premier League. So even though he may not be the most exciting manager, he's one that feels like the safest maybe. Yeah. So um yeah, those are because those are pedigree clubs that you name. Yeah, there, yeah, right? for sure. Yep. So well that's enough about Nuno. Out. Definitely sad. The end of an era for me as a fan. <clears throat> um the only manager I've known. Yeah. So Kyle, we're turning to you. You are gonna break down teams twenty through eleven. Um so give it to us. All your right. least liked team. I mean, this, in yeah. some ways, this is also an award to win. This is like <laughs> the, right. your least liked team in the Premier League. Yes. Yeah. Well, there should be really... If you've been listening to the pod all season long, there should be really no question as to which team is going to come in 20th. And that would be my boys over at Fulham. Fulham. Yes. <laughs> I've dogged on them all season long. And quite frankly, to be fair to them, for really no reason other than I thought it was funny. <laughs> totally. And, um, they just kept losing when I when I said they would. And so, um, you know, my apologies to Fulham. I think that you're going to have a great new stadium, but you are my 20th team. And we won't be hearing from them Not, next year. So, But probably the year after. <laughs> probably the year after. They're, they're a yo-yo club. So... Uh, 19 will be West Brom. Mm. Warms my heart. <laughs> that was for you. 18, Brighton. 17, Southampton. Here's a shocker. Oof. 16, Wolves. <laughs> West Ham. Oh, West Ham. They had a great year. They're probably, you know, again, shocked to find themselves as ranked 16th on my list. But, you know... I just kind of hate their name. <laughs> Hammers, though. Bubbles. The bubbles have the to The bubbles. Be. I was wondering what, what kind of a, a bubble the bubblers gave them. Yeah, no, the bubbles knocked... They just kind of are a club that I can't take seriously. Like, West Ham is a, a weird name to me. Um, the bubbles. <laughs> and, it's fair. Yeah, it's fair. I, I it, mean, in fairness, Nate, I believe... Predicted them to get relegated this season. I did. So, I did. I thought they were yeah. going to get relegated. So it shows how much yeah. I know. Listen, there's not a lot of thought put into this 20 course, through 11 yeah. list, but <laughs> West Ham uh, made the cut. 15, Newcastle. 14, Austin Villa. 13, Sheffield. They were our major disappointment. All yeah. of us had them a lot higher. Yep. They obviously had a terrible year. 12, this is where it gets hard. Right of around course. 12 is where it gets pretty difficult. So I actually felt bad for about this one, but 12 is Burnley, mm. um, who I, you know, I think that there's a lot of intriguing things about Burnley. Um, their new ownership group, yeah. they're just kind of a scrappy club, um, but they finished 12. And then this one shocked myself, but 11, Tottenham Hotspurs. Mm. So Tottenham doesn't even make the top 10, and... I really, going into the season, would have figured that they were going to be like a top four club for me, but it just never panned out. It, I just kind of, 
I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it was all the people dogging on them. Jose. Well, I was yeah. gonna say in Jose. the biz we call this the Jose Mourinho effect. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it could have been the Jose effect. It could have been the fact that you know, in all the Super League conversation, they were constantly the joke of the butt of every joke. <laughs> yep. The um, five big clubs and Spurs were also included. Yes. Yes. So they round out um, the bottom ten. So they're coming at number eleven. Love it. Well, you referenced our predictions a couple times. Um, our predictions in the end turned out better in some ways than uh, we thought. I mean, I wasn't too excited about having, you know, the top four be kind of classic clubs, but Chris and I both predicted those four clubs in the top four, not in that order, of course. Chris. You had Liverpool winning it, right? Yeah, I had Liverpool, City, United, Chelsea in that order. Yep. Um, I might have been right if Liverpool didn't get just murdered by injuries early. Yeah, well, um, but yeah. Wolves would have been top four too if they didn't get murdered by yeah, injuries, no but doubt. we can all talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Nuno's dream would still be alive. But um, yeah, I had Chelsea, City, Liverpool, Manchester United, so we did well there. Um Kyle had three of four, which I think is pretty good. You had Manche- you had uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City. You had Leicester, mm. who obviously fell out of it right at the end, which is the second year running, back which is back. a shame. Back to back. But hey, they have the FA Cup trophy. They do. That's something. And that's a lot cooler than playing the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> um, West uh, or relegation teams... I only got West Brom right. Um, I had, as was already mentioned, I had West Ham and Aston Villa. Those were also two of my biggest misses. <laughs> and for, I think, a few of us, West Ham, we missed on. Chris, you had Fulham and West Brom. You picked those to get relegated and had Aston Villa in there. Yeah, Villa was the surprise to me. I mean, we saw them celebrating 17th at this time last year. Yeah, they well, they only they remained only promoted because of the goal line. The, like yeah, The bad... Uh, the bad technology yeah, didn't the technology failed that allowed the goal or didn't allow a goal that was a goal and they ended up celebrating so i thought for sure they were on their way out i did too yeah but man they had, they had quite the season good yeah props to props to villa yep kyle picked fulham to be relegated and they were he missed on brighton and aston villa as well um and i think for all of us sheffield united was a huge miss for, yeah. for us, we all had... I had them at 13. Chris, you had them all the way up at 9. Yep. And Kyle, you had them actually at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. You had them at 6. Yeah. Whoops. Yep. Here's the thing, though. In the biz, this is what we call... <laughs> the Jose effect. No. No. The cap effect. Because when Dean Henderson took mm. his hat back to Manchester United... Uh, yes. They weren't the same club. They didn't have a real keeper in there. And, uh, they didn't have the rally hat. Yeah. They didn't have the cap. Yep. But overall, not not too bad on the on the predictions um, on where teams would finish. I think Sheffield surprised us the most and how how low they fell. How about for you guys? Who surprised you the most on where they finished? Um, as far as where they finished. I mean, honestly, I'm surprised the Wolves are sitting 13th now that mm. the season's over. Uh-huh. I, I thought they would be higher. Um, I actually nailed Spurs. I had them finishing 7th, and they did finish 7th. Uh, 
maybe biggest disappointment, I, I was a little bit more of an Arsenal believer at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I had them finishing in fifth, and they did not live up to those expectations. So, um, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I, Sheffield United has to be the biggest disappointment, hands down. Like, I had them ninth, and they finished 20th. And yeah. it wasn't even close. Yeah, it really wasn't. Yeah, I think two clubs maybe stick out in a positive way to me would be West Ham. Yeah. I don't know that any anybody predicted them to finish this high. And then I think Leeds represented themselves really well for being first year in too. Yeah. No doubt. Leeds Leeds get the the Wolves award. Yeah. <laughs> Wolves they were ran the, away with it. Yeah, they ran away with it. And but it just shows like how I would say what Wolves did is so impressive. They yeah. went seventh, seventh, thirteenth. Sheffield went what they finish eighth last year? Yeah. So they won our Wolves wow. Award last year and dropped wow. all the way to twentieth. So remarkable. you just see how tenuous it can be. So yeah. Leeds, great club. It's really exciting what they've got going, but you got to make the right decisions yeah. in the summer and you got to make sure Bielsa stays. Like, yep. You know he's a year to year. I think he's already committed. Word is yeah. strong as oak. <laughs> I think he's committed to this upcoming year, but I think so too. Yeah. But so, the fact that we're even yeah. asking that, think so, right? Yeah. Like that, that's kind of always a tenuous thing. So. Well, and that's the thing with Nuno leaving, right? Before, like, there's tran- transfer stuff's like already cooking, right? So mm-hmm. all the stuff Nuno had been working on now, because his backroom staff will leave. So, yeah. you know, if you've got guys leaving at the end of the year, the fact that Spurs don't have a manager still, you enter into the offseason just mm. feeling really. Like it's just up in the air. Like yeah. the manager makes so many of those decisions. Um, obviously, this was a big. We're we're talking about our predictions, but um, you know, the, all the matches just finished. Liverpool comes on strong at the end of the year. Uh, we had a we had a question earlier in the season. What's more likely? Fulham stays up. City doesn't win at all, or Liverpool misses Champions League. And up until this week. Or maybe, yeah, up until going into this, yeah. these last two match weeks, it looked like the Liverpool missing Champions League was going to be the one that happened. They obviously got lucky with Leicester's poor form and uh, Liverpool's great form at yeah. the end of the year. So, I mean, they just closed out the season. Yeah. Uh, I think at least five straight wins to, yeah. to end the season. There may have been more. Um, but they caught fire at the right time and they got in. It'll be easy not to pick Liverpool to win next season, <laughs> but I think it would be silly with the way they finished getting Virgil van Dijk back, yep. um, Jota coming, like maybe a if full season with Jota. Yeah. You know, they're going to lose some guys. This, there's, there's a lot of speculation that uh, either Firmino or Mane will be gone um, this mm-hmm. offseason. They'll lose probably one of those guys. So. And one of the things I always find interesting about Liverpool, because they – Look, clearly they're a big six club that makes a ton of money, but they always play the woe is me financials. Yeah. And so it's interesting because they always thought like, well, we just don't have the funds to keep these guys. Yeah. And it's like, no, you do. You, you really do. And you, you know, you're probably just going to restock somewhere else. Yeah. You know, but it always makes me laugh because Liverpool is like the, like, we just don't have the funds. Like we just, <laughs> you know, the money's not there. It's like, okay. Yep. Well, it's funny because they also sing that same song with uh, Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> you know, same, same ownership. ownership. Same yeah. o- well, we can't sign Mookie. Oh, wow. 
you know yeah, so it's the same yeah. it's the same uh same game they play with one another so um yeah it'll be an exciting and the way chelsea finished kind of petering out like they peaked and Definitely. then and then they got lucky to stay in but um to stay in Champions League position, but they, they definitely petered out at the end of the season. Well, I had kind of said it all year. I know you rolled your eyes every time, but I never thought they were playing that great. They were just winning matches 1-0, which is what yeah. you need to do. Yep. Um, then eventually it just they just kind of stayed the same. They just leveled out, and some teams were just starting to score against them a little bit. But yep. Tuchel, Tuchel definitely fixed their defense, though. We'll, yep. I'll give them all the credit on that because they went from – I mean, under Lampard, giving up goals all over the place, it felt like. And then Tuchel came in, and they just locked it down. They were winning matches 1-0, 2-1, 2-0. So, you know, if they can figure out the attacking, that team is scary. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'll be it. If Werner can figure out how to score, (laughs) they they would have probably won the league with all of his missed opportunities. Yeah, he had to be in the double digits of goals that should have been converted that weren't. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, well, we want to talk about our goal of the year. Um, Kyle, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so I'm going to give that award to James Ward-Prowse with his set-piece goal versus Newcastle. Um, Obviously, there's lots of contenders for this award, but to me, just that watching a set-piece go over the wall, curb past the goalie into into the net is something that I just find... So fun to watch. I think it goes it goes zero to sixty so quickly. Yeah. There's no action. It's pure quiet, and then there's just massive celebration, and so to me, you know, that's what makes it stick out among some of the other amazing goals. But uh, I give it to the set piece from Ward Prowse. Yep. That was a sick goal. I am, uh, you know, I scoured the internet and the YouTubes trying to find the right Edison Cavani goal to get out. And uh, while his midfield strike against Fulham this week was spectacular. It was spectacular. The fact it was in front of fans. uh, It was amazing. Like everything added up to that. It was great. Such a fun goal. But at the end of the day, um, stupid Lamella's Rabona against Arsenal. It it still gives me a Rabona every time I see it. (laughs) So... Uh, that's my goal here. That that was still so sick. You see it five times from one angle, and you're like, I don't understand. Like, why is everyone freaking out about this? Then you see it from a different angle in slow motion. You're like, holy hell, how is that possible? The power he gets on it, like, I mean, that yeah, is maybe. just out of control. The yeah. power he puts on it. So, um, I am gonna go with every every American loves a bicycle kick. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Sebastian Haller's. Uh, bicycle kick goal uh, against Crystal Palace that was just remarkable um, just the power again the power he gets behind yeah. it midair it just it's a gorgeous gorgeous yeah. goal yeah with both of those both the bicycle kick and the Rabono, like to the, the amount of skill and just you know, intellect it takes to think, okay, this is this ball's in the perfect spot, the timing's perfect to set up both of those things. You have to do that instantaneously. Yeah. And then make that decision and then execute on it. It does. It takes an extreme, extreme amount of skill and and soccer intuition to do that. Yep. 
Totally. James Ward Prowse was also like, to go back to that goal, yeah. he was kind of like the came out of nowhere guy for me. Like, I'll be honest, not that I watched a ton of Southampton ever before, but like, middle of the season, it was just. James Moore Prowse scores again mm-hmm. on a set piece. Scores again on a set piece. And it's like, Here's an assist, another assist. Pinpoint accuracy on shots. And like, I was like, good lord. It felt like every week during yeah. those like, those early weeks of the season, there was another it was yeah. another yeah. great set piece from James Ward Prowse. It was incredible. So he was like my came out of nowhere. Like I didn't know who this guy was, and then all of a sudden he's putting in these just sick set piece goals and everything. He was rad. Yep. All right, we want to give out our Bruno Award. That's uh, the award given to the best signings of the year. Um, we, in some ways, you know, you it's not really a good discussion. So we're gonna just take, we're just gonna give it to Ruben Diaz, the Ruben <laughs> Diaz signing for Man City. Um, you know, he, I think this week he won a Footballer of the Year award. You can't not. He transformed Man City's defense. That was a big question mark heading into the season. So um, Ruben Diaz for, for City. Um, I also want to give we're, – and we're going to give out some special, like, like, I guess, notables. But I think the Jesse Lingard at, in January to West Ham on loan, that was a great – that was a great move by West Ham. That's yeah. maybe more traditionally the Bruno Award yeah. <laughs> coming in in, in January, January um, yeah. and transforming a team. Yeah, and it it transformed them. It kept them in that race for so long. He kind of tailed off these last, you know, probably two weeks, last like four or five matches. And yep. Same with West Ham. They kind of tailed off at the end of that and couldn't couldn't keep that top four form. But still, I mean, they finished. You know, they finished sixth. Yep. And uh, I don't. They'll be playing European football. Yeah, and I don't think any of us at the beginning of the season would have said, "Oh yeah, well certainly not you, Nate." <laughs> for sure, not me. <laughs> We're gonna go. Yeah, I can see West Ham battling for the top four and finishing top six. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think uh, with this award too, I'd give a shout out to Thomas Suchek. I mean, if you take a look, if you judge the award based on where would this club be without mm. that player, yeah, then I think he his name gets you know mentioned quite a lot right because West Ham had such a great season and without him who knows I mean yeah he was a big right. difference maker they got yeah. re- they would have got relegated I just didn't know they were gonna t- pick <laughs> yeah. him. I didn't know how good he was gonna be yeah so really we were right all, all yeah. along yeah, that's right and along those same lines uh I can't let this go without mentioning Cavani as a huge signing just one, because I don't think anyone saw him having the impact that he would have because, you know, Anthony Martial was kind of already cemented in that role. Yeah. And then he just had the worst season yep. of any quote-unquote star player. And to have the luxury that Cavani became, and then especially at the end of the year when Martial messed up his knee playing uh, for, for France, Cavani was all they had up front. And yeah. he came through just again and again and again. It was just a joy to watch. Yeah, I only knew Cavani from FIFA, really, and <laughs> yeah. my the boy my boys knew Cavani as well, and yeah. we knew I knew he was like older, kind of towards the end of the year. So even when he came over to United, we're like, well, maybe he'll get some playing time at the end of matches, which is how he started. Yeah, but he would score. He was scoring <laughs> so many goals in yeah. those final twenty minutes. Just nonstop headers in those yep. final twenty. That's right. Uh, we really wanted to give out a best red card, <laughs> but it is very hard to like go back and try and remember all the red cards as best we did. So I'm just going to give a best red card of the week, mostly because 
it's what we all want to do, or at least what I want to do on a regular basis. And that's Aspulaqueta's red card today on Jack Grealish. Just a punch to the face. Like so often uh, watching Villa games, that's what I've I've wanted to do to to Grealish. So I'm giving the best red card of the year to that. There you go. And it was funny because you know I'm I'm on the record as Kyle Walker being my least favorite player in the Premier League. And as the games got rolling today, I told the guys, I was like, hey, you know, I don't like Kyle Walker. Well, Aspilicueta is number two on this a, list. Yeah, a close second. And then he comes through and he just smacks Graylish. Like, I watched the replay and I thought, like, it kind of looked like he was, like, trying to spin and get up. And, like, you know, you, like, kind of flick someone's legs off of you. Like, if yeah. you feel yeah. like they're on you. It's kind of like he did that, but... Uh, Graylish's legs weren't on him and his face was just there. <laughs> he just takes the smack to the face. I don't, honestly, I don't think he like intentionally tried to hit him in the face no, like that. No. But the backhanded punch to the face was pretty funny. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, before we give out any other awards or kind of talk about anything else, Kyle, Ooh. give us 10 through 6. We're getting serious. Now. We're getting serious. We're getting yeah. Serious this is when it's like you don't know what you're going to hear. You'd have no idea. Yes, sir. So coming in at number 10. Top 10, top half of the table. This isn't this, this is isn't, impressive. This is impressive, yeah. Crystal Palace. All right. They don't, they, there are very few reasons why they deserve to be in the top 10, <laughs> but the reasons of why they do, in my opinion, obviously, these are my rankings, um, outweigh all of the kind of, you know, lack the negatives or where they lack. And that is two things in particular. Number one, I think I said at the beginning of the season, they were my pick for best kits yeah. this season. And I still think that's true. Yeah. I love their kits. They look sharp every time they go out there. And you know, all three, like all three of their kits yeah. are so good. So good. And so, yeah, I mean, to me, they just always, when you watch them on the pitch, they're, they look like a team like, oh, this team looks good out there. And that means a lot. Look good, feel good. Look good, feel good. Don't really play, play good, but you know. Play okay. <laughs> and then the second reason why they finished top 10, uh, most importantly, was, and I'll, I think we'll touch on this later, but Ezzy. Yeah. Um, Ezzy! <laughs> Just so fun to watch. Um, that dude is infectious, and I really feel bad that he's like, career might be in jeopardy oh yeah um with the achilles injury i mean that's gonna be tough to come back from and so uh anyways they're top 10 so shout out to crystal palace number nine lester city mm. i just i tried to get there i thought i would get there i just never got there with lester um so they come in at number nine that's I, actually how their season went yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were there yeah. they tried so hard and they just yeah didn't do it. for a moment they were a little bit higher in the rankings yeah. and then by the end of the season that was the team i thought that that was my early prediction it like was. knowing what i know about them jamie yeah. vardy big striker you like that they've got nice kids yeah, they do. they're a likable team like there's just a lot there that i thought i think kyle is going to go with Leicester in the end. I, I do. I honestly think the thing that weighed them down was they're like a post-hype team. Yeah. Like they've, yeah. Been, they've been hyped up. They were that story. And so for me to... I, I just feel like I was late to the party. Yeah. And if we were recording in 2013, who knows? Right. Yeah. Maybe Absolutely. that's the choice. Yep. Number eight, 
Titus can hear this right now. Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal coming in at number eight. Um, I really liked Arsenal. I mean, I like a lot of their, again, solid kits, solid tradition. Um, I like a lot of their squad. Obama Yang. Really yeah. like Obama Yang, watching him. Even though um, you missed him, like almost like the though, first the yeah. first like two or three times you watched Arsenal. Yeah, he actually played when I had watched them more, then yeah. they might be higher, but um I really liked Arsenal. They finished number eight. Number seven, Liverpool. Mm. Um, really solid club. Love their manager. Um they're a ton of fun to watch. They're just so solid, and they finished number seven. Number six. Chelsea. Oh! They were my pick to win this thing. Nate and I texting early in the season. He was on the Leicester band. I was on Chelsea's taking this hands down. Wow. Okay. You know, this one hurts, right? Because of Captain America, because of Christian. But, you know, even just watching them, we had all the screens up today. Yeah. And... You know, I just found myself like not drawn to watching that screen. I found myself, other than Christian, not thinking about anybody on their squad or them in general. I, so I was, a, I'm a Christian Pulisic fan. Yeah. And I don't, I think it's too early to say they did him wrong or that it didn't completely work out, but it seems like it's headed that way. And, um, and so if you take him out of the equation or even if, He's not featured the way that I would like to see him featured. Um, and, you know, uh, despite Jackson, this, our Chelsea fans' best effort um, last week, which was great. I mean, I, I loved his pitch. And if every Chelsea fan was like him, I, I, I would love to be a Chelsea supporter. But I, I just wasn't drawn to them. And I figured um, if I'm going to choose a quote-unquote plastic club or a big, you know, superpower club, then I at least want um, to pick, like, the best ones. Yeah. And they just, they're not that right now. Yeah. So, number six. All right. Uh, We're going to take a little break for uh, talks about some more awards. I do want to just mention real quick, yesterday was uh, the championship matches um the semifinals the second leg of the semifinals i woke up to uh brentford beating bournemouth in what seemed like an insane game Hmm. because bournemouth was up one nil uh and then they scored in like the first five minutes and then just insanity ensued they ended up with a red card uh brentford scores three unanswered and Brentford now playing uh, in the championship final against Swansea City. The downside of all that is there will be no new Americans in the Premier League. Daryl DK mm. uh, for, for Barnsley eliminated and my, uh, Carter's Vickers for, for Bournemouth not coming up. But on the flip side, two teams that haven't featured in the Premier League since I've been watching, since yeah. we've been watching. So yeah, that should are. be fun. Yeah. I mean, I only know, you know, you start to take peeks at the championship and kind of see who's sitting at the top and you try and remember those names as best you can. So it's like Brentford has that 
that name recognition in my head yeah. just from peeking at the standings. But the only reason I even know who Swansea City is because of Daniel James and his transfer oh, yeah. Yeah. saga that yeah. know, was supposed to go to Leeds. It didn't happen. And it ends up at United in the summer. Um, so cool to have some, some new fresh teams coming up. Who knows? Maybe in the transfer window, we see a guy like DK get moved. Yeah. I mean, he's playing at a really high level. And so. he was only on loan oh, to okay. Barnsley. So I think maybe if they would have gone to promotion, or if they would have got promoted, they would have yeah. maybe tried to sign him. Um, Brentford has a guy, uh, Ivan Tony, 31 goals this season in the championship. So it would be great to see, to see him play um, at that level. Um, Jordan Ayu for Crystal Palace. His brother, Andre Ayu, plays mm-hmm. for Swansea City. That's cool. So who knows what's going to happen. There'll be a lot of movement for whatever teams um, you know, do come up. They're going to have to invest to make their teams better. Um, so we'll see what happens. Maybe Daryl DK will get a look from a, a Premier League club or maybe yeah. more likely a Bundesliga club. Yeah. So, All right, we want to give out our Traore Award. Uh, Traore Award goes to our new favorite player. So we, uh, I think, you know, everyone seems to love Traore. Um, We definitely loved him that first season. He was another reason I chose Wolves. And so uh, giving out our our Traore Award, I have have really like three three guys, but I'm going to, I'll choose one. Starting the lead, starting the season, Tariq Lamptey was a guy I just loved. Was ex- exciting to watch, but he got injured and so didn't really feature much. Yeah, you didn't hear him at all. At all towards the end. Um, I love Ianacho. I love that guy. I loved watching him play. Obviously, he had a great end of the season. But the one that pu- pushes it over the top is because of something I saw him say. I saw it. Could, we read his lips. But I'm giving it to Patrick Bamford. <laughs> Patrick Bamford, um, he, during this midweek game, got fouled in the box pretty hard, stayed up, and tr- and still tried to like complete his shot on goal. And they don't call a penalty. But clear penalty. Like, it was brutal. And he's talking to the ref. And he sa- he's like, so I have to go down? So I have to go down to get the penalty. And I'm like, yes, that's what I love about Adame Traore. Yeah. Like Traore, he, he went down actually really easy in today's match. Injured. Injured, that's Injured. true. But like what I love about Adame Traore is he's going to go and it's going to take a lot to take him down. And so in, in the spirit of, Patrick, of Adame Traore, I'm giving my new favorite player award to Patrick Bamford. Nice. And that happened, that, wasn't that this week? It was, yeah, it was in the midweek match. Yeah. 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 So that's what pushed him over the top for me this week. Well, we don't need to spend much time here. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I like those guys. I loved Lampy when I saw him uh, in spurts last season. At the end of the season, he was playing a lot more. Um, Yeah, we should say this isn't like new player to the league. Yes. This is a player that we discovered this year. Yeah. So that that's a good that's an important point. It could be a new player to the league, but it's yeah. someone who rose to prominence for us this year. Yeah, and uh, there's no beating on the bush here. <laughs> Edison Cavani like stole my heart this season. Yeah, like he was just awesome. He was so much fun. He's yep. just a joy. Uh, there's something about professional goal scorers. 
go out and do their job. And then he always has great celebrations with the arrow pull from the quiver and fire it off into the stands. It's He's awesome. He's everything you want out of a guy. I just yep. wish he were... You know, 12 years younger, just starting his career at Manchester United instead of being 34 and finishing his career. Yeah. There, you know? Even though he's back for this year, right? Yeah, he's coming back. So, that'll be good. Yes. Kyle, you mentioned him already, right? I did. Yeah, I already gave him a shout out. Um, but this was a guy who, when I was featuring Crystal Palace, just stood out. Um, honestly, like, no player in the league. And to me, this... Traore Award <laughs> opened up basically everyone because I hadn't seen <laughs> yeah, anybody. Yeah. Um, so I had a lot of people to choose from, but this is the guy that jumped off the screen in terms of how much energy he played with. When I was doing research about Crystal Palace, I mean, I just got a kick out of the fact that his team photo, which everyone's basically <laughs> looking straight at the camera with, you know, a straight face, and he's kind of head cocked, joking around, and that's just kind of it seems to be his personality and, and how he plays. So my award obviously goes to Ezzy. Ezzy. Love him. Yeah. Love him. Well, uh, we want to give a performance of the week award out like we normally do um, or we have done in the past. And today we have to talk about uh, Sergio Aguero. Mm. Um, just what a way to go out to end his career with um, city with those two goals. You could just see guys feeding him the ball, hoping he'd get the hat trick. He almost did. Uh, he almost did. Yeah. But, and, and two brilliant goals, the goal, the, his, his little left footer or his right footer that he kicks with the From outside the, of yeah. his boot. He kicked it with his inside foot with the outside of the inside foot. <laughs> like, it was, it was just a great strike. And then obviously that header. So Kun Aguero, we will miss you in the premier league. Um, potentially, yeah, we don't, I don't know where he's going. We don't know where he's going, but rumors are he won't be in the Premier League next yeah. year. But we don't know. I'm That's still, true. I'm still holding out hope that uh, United sign him. Cavani's <laughs> coming back. They sign Harry Kane and um, bring back Ronaldo. Yeah, and they just have four guys who can only play one position. They each get 15 minutes, <laughs> and then you rotate the next guy in. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, use all three of your your uh, substitutions on those guys. Fake some fake some head injuries so you can maybe get an extra like concussion transfer um, or uh, substitution. But yeah, well, hey, you never know. Maybe this this is the offseason that they go to five subs. Maybe I it know is. They're still talking about it. Yeah, especially because the Champions League uses five subs. Well, and you've got. I mean, with we've got we've got the European Championship starting soon. Like yeah. uh, most of these players are gonna get barely an off season. They're going to have to run straight into top European competition. Um, um, I think con not CONCACAF, I forget the South American combo call or whatever yeah. this, I butchered that for sure. But the Welcome South, the, the South American league, they have a cup this summer. So all the top players in the world are going to be playing. So they're not going to get much of a break. Yeah. And especially after coming off of this, two years in mm -hmm. a row of kind of crazy yeah. footballing. So Yeah, I mean, they really played back-to-back -back seasons, essentially. They didn't even get an off-season this year. Yeah, like that's a, right. like a five-week break. I think four weeks for a couple of the teams. Yep. Before we get to Kyle's top five, we are going to uh, talk about Lock It In review and name our Lock It In champion. Uh, Kyle picks City over Brighton midweek. 
That was a bad loss. And Arsenal over Brighton today, which was a good win. Kyle can't quite get up to 500. He finishes at 19 and 21, which is mm. best all time for a neophyte. You're also worst all time for a neophyte. But <laughs> you, this is the first year we've tracked it. This is the first time we've tracked it. <laughs> so, and uh, much to Chris's best efforts, he had leads over Southampton and West Ham over, over Southampton, which brought him to 24 and 16. But my double Liverpool pick of Liverpool over Burnley and over Crystal Palace kept me one game ahead. So this year's Lock It In champion is me. Congrats, man. Thank you. Thank you. You earned it. I earned it. 25 and 15. I don't know if that's a good record or not. We'll see. Considering we don't... You take a loss on a draw. Yeah. I feel like that's appropriate. But it's a lock. Like the purpose is you're picking like the lock, like the win, right? So you get to choose the best teams. Yeah. Like to a certain degree. To a certain degree. You know, yeah, of course. Rules, and I think we're gonna revamp it going into next season. We will. Um, but I think my I I was too cute early, mm. right? Like your point of it's lock it in. Yeah. I I was like I pick I want to pick a winner, you know, and like I was picking Crystal Palace in games and yeah, you know, and the game that ultimately did me in was an Aston Villa choice that ended up getting suspended to all at the end of the year when the game essentially didn't matter. And so, yeah, uh, yeah don't get cute on a lock it in segment. No, act like you're betting Pick real money. Those that will win. That's right. Man, you guys, we started this season back in September. September 6th was our first episode. So I don't know how long that is. What is that? Like eight months of watching football. I don't even remember when I, when I texted Kyle first, but this is eight months in the making. Kyle is going to reveal his top five and the team that he is going to support for the rest of his life. Wow. He may not watch Premier League again. That doesn't mean he's like going to watch any more soccer. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, the team he will support. Give us your top five. Wow. Um, this is a big decision. And obviously we've had you know all year to watch these clubs, research these clubs, talk to some fans. And what's so amazing to me is how much this today – Mm. And being here with basically all the, the games, the relevant games on the screen, seven screens, being here with you guys, a Man U supporter, a Wolves supporter, we even had an Arsenal supporter in the room. Um, and so, you know, we talked all year about how not having fans in the, in the stands affected things, but also, like, I would say what else affects it is wa- watching it just by myself yeah. <laughs> affects it too because you don't get to feed off other people and to sort of see um, how you react to that in ways that you don't even quite understand. Um, so that, that, that was interesting. But without further ado, um, here is the top five. Top five. At number five, we're going to go with the Premier League champions, Man City. Um, to me, honestly, I, I really just like Man City. I like, obviously have a man crush on De Bruyne. Yep. Um, 
yes, they're a super six club. Yes, they spend a ton of money. Yes, they dominate. They've been dominant the last few years, but I don't know. They don't, they just seem likable to me. And maybe that's just me talking. I don't know. I don't know that other people feel that way. Chris certainly doesn't. Um, <laughs> but I enjoy them. And, and honestly, that it really, I, I think they, their kits look clean. I think they're, I really actually appreciate how they grew this superpower from something that used to not be. And maybe it just took money. But hey, honestly, like, if your owner's not spending money, come on, like, yeah. you gotta spend money. So I, I, I don't know, I just like them a lot and they come in top five. So let me ask you this, and not to jump in and break no, it's fine. this up, but had you had the rules been said that you could have picked any of the 20, right? Oh yeah. Because our rule was you can't pick the winner. Yeah. Would they have been higher on this list? Or are you placing them where you actually would have placed them? I think they're I think they're at where they okay. where they should be. They're a club that again not having any allegiances to like their rival clubs like Man U right necessarily yet. Um, I, I didn't feel like I was just an unbiased observer and I just kind of like them and respect them and like their squad and think they're they look clean on the pitch and yeah I, I so to me they're a top five club for me and but I think they're right where they need to be at five so uh then we get to four and man it gets really tough at this point really really tough and coming in at number four Again, I won't beat around the bush. This, it's Wolves. And I hadn't it's mentioned them to this point. I don't know, Nate, if you thought they were going to, since I hadn't mentioned them, hadn't mentioned them, missing them in entry club, if they thought they were going to be higher. Um, but I had to put them in my top four at the end of the day because I honestly, when I, I think I eliminated them too early. And then speaking about today, I found myself like with you, one of my good friends <laughs> watching. Um, I, I also think their, their kits are uh, really, really great. Um, I love their story. I love the, the affection for Nuno, even though he's gone. Um, I just, I, I think it had to do with my relationship with you. And then also just, I do think there there is something unique about them mm -hmm. that makes them stand out i totally understand why you picked them um and even when we were watching the wolves man u game and obviously man u finished higher than in my ranking and the game for man u today obviously didn't have any implications for man u but i literally <laughs> found myself totally. going like oh go wolves you know or like oh yeah. that was almost a goal and then yeah. like i looked up at chris and i'm like sorry dude but you <laughs> totally. know this game doesn't mean anything yeah. for you so i apologize but yeah. Um, I found myself drawn to them. And then the last thing that I haven't mentioned yet is Treore. Like, yeah. he is such, such a unique player and a unique kind of person and talent and just the way he plays. is. And so I think we all are in agree agreement on that. Um, but they finish at four. And in Fair. your defense, I also found myself today going, <laughs> come on, Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> As fun as it was to see, you know, the young United's guys. young guys get yeah. in there and get run and even get a goal, uh, I did find myself still pulling for friendship and, you know, a yeah. game that doesn't matter to your team, who cares if... Yeah. And the storyline of Nuno, I'm sure. sure. Like, there's a lot that yeah, adds to that, for right? For sure. Yep. Yeah. 
All right, so now we're in top three territory. Whew, so good. Um, Wolves made your Champions League, so that's good. <laughs> Wolves made Kyle's Champions League. Absolutely. I love it. That's good. That's good for me. Um, and you know, I think it was a bummer for them too that they didn't have like as good of a season too. Because yeah. had they been a little bit more relevant and a little bit more competitive this year, who knows? But yeah, um, yeah. I will be pulling for them kind of on the periphery in future years. I like it. All right, top three. So. Coming in, I'll, I'll reveal number three, and then we'll reveal the champion, yeah. right? Um, so number three is going to be one of the teams that I think people thought was a favorite, and certainly their recruitment of me was felt. Um, you know, they rolled out the red carpet like and recruited me as if I was a five-star supporter. Um <laughs> They gave me shout-outs on their pods. They gave me, uh, you know, shout-outs on Twitter. And to be honest, it's uh, they just they rolled out new kits today <laughs> in honor of me. Totally. They went and, hard. They went hard. And as fun as it is to shout, Foreverton, they come in number three. Yep, yep. So that leaves, man, <laughs> you and Leeds United... Um, the Uniteds. The Uniteds. Battle of the Uniteds, which actually they fancy themselves as rivals too. That's which true, yeah. It's <laughs> pretty interesting. And I did The ask, War of the Roses. Like, yeah, I asked other people because you and I had talked about it, and I was like, I honestly don't know if it's a legit rivalry yeah. or if it's a one sided. And the United supporters, the Manchester United supporters I reached out to, uh, they all considered a real rivalry between the two teams. It's not just Leeds supporters being like, oh, we hate them. They're, yeah. they're scum. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it legit goes both ways. It's yeah. great. Anytime it's attached to history, you've got to imagine, like like yeah. real history, not yeah, soccer yeah. history, but yep. real yeah. history. you got to imagine there's some depth to it. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, the Man U thing, um, I think here's here's... Like, we were watching the, the match today, and they were playing all those young guys. And Chris made the point of, um, you know, one of the advantages to, to picking Man U is just getting to see, like, all the investment that they put into, like, super young guys and then getting to see them on the pitch. And, like, you, you know when you pick Man U, you're always going to get a relevant group of a, A-listers that they sign, and then exciting up and coming guys yeah um and uh <laughs> and so and I, then i think too with man U, I thought okay if it's gonna be a super six club like on, quite honestly like on the best super six club and it not necessarily best in terms of um uh, you could say i mean they didn't finish highest this year that was man city liverpool's been great recently but man U is man U. yeah totally. um and so <laughs> And so that was, I don't know, to me, I just, I like, I think Chris's logic going back to the beginning of the season of, or when he picked them of, hey, when you're picking a club, don't like, uh, don't inflict, self-inflict pain, yeah. right? You want to pick a club that you know is going to give you a chance to compete and be relevant. Um, so that was their case. Leeds United, I think obviously had a super exciting year. Um, I watched their documentary early on that kind of attached me to some of um, their folks. And 
Um, they have the connections with the 49ers. And so... They even brought Jed York to the, <laughs> to the field. They, they, were, they did yeah, their own form of, of you, you recruitment. They finished strong yeah. and, you know, finished the season super strong. I think um, I made some jokes. Like, they kept winning towards the end of the year and Everton. <laughs> and some of the other teams weren't winning matches. And we're like, Leeds is the only one who cares for Kyle's affection. It, you know, and as silly as, uh, as that is, it honestly made a difference. Like, yeah. Everton... I couldn't even watch them today because they were getting blown out by Man City. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, Leeds, you know, yes, they're playing West, <laughs> West Brom, <laughs> but they're dominant. And so they were just more relevant um, as the season kind of went to a close. So Leeds United versus Manchester United. Um, it, was really ch- it was really tough. I feel like we're at the point where, like, I've asked Kyle the prom, and and he's telling me all the reasons why he should say yes to go to prom with me, right before he tells me he's got a different date. Yeah, that's where I think we're at right now. Well, I feel the way I feel is like I am not asking anyone else to join my. If he chooses Manchester United, I actually might shut the podcast down. Actually, that's actually probably the most logical thing because if I could bring two people on for. like two seasons and they both choose Manchester United (laughs) then screw it I'm just shutting the podcast down I'll be a guest host on different like podcasts and I'll just end my career because I don't want to create any more Manchester United fans that's right no we should see how many hosts we could have (laughs) it's just a Manchester United it's just a Manchester United podcast I leave hand the reins over to you guys some West Coast Manchester United podcast and I join the rotation on Wolves fan cast or something Oh, man. Well, Nate, that's not going to happen. Yes. Leeds. 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 Oh, yes. Leeds United. It's you. It's always been you. <laughs> yes. You won my affections over with the documentary. Andre Rodrizani. I love him as a owner. Bring in the 49ers. You got Cal, Cal Phillips, uh, Yelling, Patrick Bamford. They signed a bunch of really fun transfers this year. I just really, you know, we talked about the the possibility of, of having that drop down in season two. But to me, Leeds was the perfect club for me. They have this history and then went dormant and a sleeping giant and had all of this negative stuff happen to them from, you know, from a financial perspective and dropping down all the way to, you know, League One, um, and then to rise back up with this group of really fun young players, keep those players as a part of their core for this season of Premier League, um, have an owner that I just think is, you know, really a cool guy, plus the attachment to the 49ers. Dude. Um, I, their kits are strong. Um, it's fun to, you know, they, to lead this clean coming off the tongue. Um, <laughs> Danny, their supporter. Oh, he's going to be so stoked. With our little chest bump. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Leeds. It's always been Leeds. Leeds United is the club. I love it. Good job, Kyle. And not, 
that I'm surprised at all. Um, they were my backup to Chelsea in my mm. year. Me too. Game. When I thought Leicester Leeds was always a number two team. Um, they're the hot chick at the office, and I do not blame you one bit for taking her out for a date. Um, well, he's, I and, think he's marrying her. <laughs> he's not just <laughs> taking her out. Like it sounds like yeah. he's marrying her. Um, and and you know what? It's cool because. You know, if you've watched the documentary on Leeds and a little bit of their past, the things that kind of kept them down in that championship was they fell apart at the end of seasons. Yeah, that's right. And if you look at this year, you thought they were going to do that. They started to struggle, and then they won they their last four. Quarter, and they won their last four. They were, yeah. you know, the three hottest teams in the league to end the year were Liverpool, Arsenal, and Leeds. Those yep. are the three hottest teams. And granted, things change a little bit, and it depends on who you're playing and what their schedule and where their standings are, but it seems like they legitimately have turned that corner away from the team who falls apart at the end. And For I, two seasons in a row yeah. now, right? Because they won promotion last yeah. year, yep. so it's not just one year, it's yep. now two in a row. Yeah, and I think, you know, with Bielsa and ownership, I think it's a great choice. I can't no. down it at all. We get a fun little rivalry now. Right, like yeah. Rivalry yeah, I... My rivalry with you just is just personal. Yeah. <laughs> they have great kits too. Their yeah. ba- their badge is clean. Yep. I've got nothing um, bad to no, say. No, I agree. Nothing. I agree. There, you could have made a worse choice, but they scored. They tied for sixth in Premier League in okay. goals scored. So that's that's good. Um, that's something that you really wanted. Ownership, you want you cared about. I mean, if we revisit some of the reasons, right? Yeah. Like, Big goal scorers, Patrick Banford, but no, I I agree. I think it's a I think it's a great choice, and I think we can we can leave here feeling like job well done. Yeah, well, it's been fun, and I'm super excited for the next chapter and getting to follow them through the off season. Um, like I said, I I think with the foundation that they have in place, Bielsa coming back, the ownership group, um, and then a young core. To me, the, the the downside, the chance that they'll that this was all um, sort of not real this year, and that they'll just drop back down, I think is very small. I think it's more likely that they're gonna kind of be a presence in the top ten for the next couple of years at least. So that's the hope. That's the hope for sure. And the cool thing is it sets us up so well to keep going forward because not only is Nate not going to shut the pod down now, uh, it gives us some more things to talk about for next season. Yep. Um, you know, we're bringing in hopefully a new neophyte next season to start this process all over. And it gives yep. us, you know, you're not just going to hear about Wolves and Man U so much. You're going to hear about Leeds mm. a lot more going into next year. Uh, so it really gives us a nice springboard for season four for us. That's right. Season four, I can't believe uh, it will be, yeah, my fourth year of watching Premier League, which is super exciting. Um, this is the last episode of the season. We'll get our Monday nights back, which is nice. There'll still be lots of uh, football to watch. Uh, we do have a couple summer specials that I'm planning. I'm hoping to get these guys to hop on for two summer specials. One will be a promotion team preview where we, we take a little bit of a look at Norwich and Watford and uh, either Brentford or Swansea. Swansea. And the other one I may be most excited for, and that is one of my greatest regrets is not 
choosing to follow uh, Premier League while I lived in Europe. Mm-hmm. I lived a very mm-hmm. cheap flight away from London, and I could have seen tons of matches. So I want to do a what-if episode where we go back and using the same basic, basic scenario. So I decided to follow Champions or Premier League after a World Cup year, and that's what kind of propelled me. So I want to look if I had decided after the 2006 World Cup to, fo- to choose a Premier League team. So we're going to look at the 2006-2007 Premier League season. Um, I don't know how it's totally going to work. I have tons. I've done some research already. I don't know if we'll randomly eliminate like 10 teams. So Chris only can choose one of like 10. Um, and then I also want to have Kyle pick a team from 2008. So two years later, we'll mm. take a look and we'll just do a what if. Like if Nate had decided to go out, I think stadiums will matter more. Czech players will matter more in this. There were a ton of Americans playing in the Premier League at the time. So I've done a lot of research already on that. And I think it'll be a pretty funny uh, and interesting look. Now, did you pick this year? I know you're hiding behind your post-World Cup, but let's be honest. You picked this year because I can't pick United again. I didn't, but that is a rem- <laughs> that is That's good. because And Wolves weren't in Premier League. So we'll also get a chance. Like We'll both be forced to yeah. team pick a team that we're not... Uh, supportive right. of. And the reason I can't pick United is because they won the league that they year. They won the and league. The rule is you can't pick the champs. Ironically, Sheffield also got Sheffield and Watford got uh, relegated that <laughs> year, so we won't be able to choose them. But um, the other interesting thing is we'll have to kind of think back in our minds in a different way. But City finished, I think, 14th that year. Wow. So this is pre. City being who they are, it was there was pre oil. There was really pre oil. Pre oil. There was really only four. It was really only the big four back then. So United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal. So it'll be an interesting little experiment that I'm excited to do. So those will be two episodes that come out later in the summer. But until then, gentlemen, there's only one way to end this. There's only one way to end this. Leads. Leads. No. <laughs> no, you're right. It, That's good. It's close, but it's Glazers out. Glazers out. <laughs>